same speed. Different places need different paces. I thought about that last weekend as a number of friends were running the Chicago Marathon. I mean, pace really matters in the marathon. You go too fast, you go out too fast, you may not finish, you'd be exhausted. But if you go too slow, you may not finish either as they end the race at six and a half hours. So you can't go too fast and you can't go too slow. You have to find a pace for the race. And strangely enough, the marathon runner's determination reminded me of pilgrims in the Middle Ages who would walk hundreds of miles, some to see the city of Rome and some to continue on until they would board a ship and then sail and then walk again to Jerusalem. But as those pilgrims would walk through France, people would ask them in French, where are you going? And they would reply, à la santerre, to the land of the saints. But that phrase also described the pace of the pilgrims on their holy journey. Santerre, land of the saints, gave rise to the word to saunter, to walk at a pace at which you might open your heart to God, to the land of the saints at the pace of grace. But that pace doesn't always come naturally. 35 years ago in seminary, I had a remarkable moment. The professor of pastoral care, he was nearing retirement, though he was almost out of central casting, was Professor Phil Anderson. He had sort of a shock of white hair. He did, he wore patches on his tweed jacket, smoked a pipe sometimes. But he was this remarkable pastor, of, uh, professor of pastoral care. And not only was he teaching us the beginning of counseling, um, techniques and, and styles, but he was also helping us prepare for the ministry. So part of the class was also to identify an issue that as an individual we might be struggling with and that might be an obstacle to our ministry. And so Phil Anderson helped me with the idea of pace as an act of faith. Many of you know me, I'm a fairly high energy person, and when I was younger, I was really high energy. I always want to get a lot of things done, check things off my to-do list. I want, you know, even now, here at church, one of my favorite jobs is to put the mail in the mail slots. I just like to do these things. I'm also the kind of person I make to-do list. If I did something and it wasn't on there, I'll write it on there and put a line through it. <laughs> but the ministry is, by its nature, not a to-do list. I mean, there's an old saying that the knock on your study door, right in the midst of whatever you're doing, that knock is the ministry itself. And so 35 years ago, I lamented to Phil Anderson how I found it difficult to slow down because I had so many things on my to-do list. I said, I felt as if I'm in a race. And Phil Anderson, truly the wise man he was, I remember said, hmm, that's what he always said, <laughs> a race. And then he quoted the passage from the letter to the Hebrews about running the race, but running it faithfully. Well, at the next class session, we were near the end, and, and Phil said, all right, I want everyone to push the tables to the outside of the walls and the chairs. And then he lined the class up in a circle with everyone facing out. Then he reshaped the circle into an oval, and he said to me, okay, Rich. He said, all your colleagues and peers 
are in the shape of a racetrack. I want you to go around each one of them. Look them in the eye, go as fast as you want, but look them in the eye and greet them. So I had to do it. I went around this oval racetrack, greeting each person, them greeting me back. And I discovered the pace of faith. Phil Anderson reminded me that to run the pace faithfully is to find a balance of tasks and pauses. I mean, it's still a challenge for me, I'm going to admit that, but I try to remember that as often as I can. That living the race faithfully also, I think, is the theme of the letter to the Hebrews, a letter that might have well have been addressed to the congregation in Western Springs. We know very little about who wrote the letter. We aren't even sure to whom it was addressed. But from its themes, we know this, that the letter to the Hebrews was intended for Christians who had discovered that waiting for the return of Christ was going to be more like a marathon than a sprint. It was probably written about 50 years after the first Easter. And the early Christian church was focused on the imminent, very soon return of Christ. But it was going to be a marathon and not a sprint. But I think the letter goes on to suggest that to run the race with perseverance as your pace is to remember that the grace of Jesus Christ is embedded in the small acts of daily life. The pace of grace is found in things like the mealtime tradition of pausing to say thanks for the food set before you. And don't take those little prayers for granted. I know they're often said from memory. Sometimes they're said with haste. But those words that ask God to bless this meal and those who are about to share it, that's the pace of grace. And there may be days when those prayers can seem and sound hollow to someone unaccustomed to being grateful. But words of thanks, even when offered in haste, truly discover what it means to run the race with perseverance, acknowledging God as the source of amazing grace. Those are moments that allow you to look into the eyes of others and not race off to your to-do list. The small gestures really count. They are what make the pace of grace. I mean, I know of one person who still thinks of a sermon she heard that once that suggested that every time she takes a shower that she remember her baptism. And although she said she forgets to do this sometimes for months on end, it periodically comes back to her. And it comes back to her as a gift that never grows old. And someday she said she begins her day by remembering that it was once prayed over her baptism that she would never be ashamed to confess her faith wherever she was, whatever she did. God's grace in the small moments of our fast-paced to-do list world. I mean, that's exactly what I saw now that I look back on it at the Steak and Shake in Indiana. I noticed an older couple holding hands across the table, 
And I thought, well, that's sweet. I mean, romance at all at their age. They were probably five years younger than I am now. <laughs> but it was still, I mean, a touch strange to see such affection in a steak and shake. But then I realized that their eyes were also closed. And they were saying grace, giving thanks, and I noticed it, for the double cheeseburger special and a bowl of chili and two great-looking vanilla shakes. The pace of grace at the steak and shake off of I-65 as people flew by outside the window at 70 miles an hour or faster. But now I know, right? The couple was a witness to living in a way that honors God's presence in the small moments of life, God's presence in the surprising places. And therefore, it says in the letter to the Hebrews, let us run the race with perseverance, looking first and last to Jesus Christ, the perfecter of our faith. Isn't that a strange description? I mean, how did Jesus perfect our faith? By entrusting his life to God to the point of losing his life on the cross so that we might live. And who? Who can so fully trust God like that? Only the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. The letter to the Hebrews seems to be saying to you and me, in your way, in your life, trust God's grace as Jesus did. And in the midst of running the race of life, find those moments to pause. And who knows? Who knows, friends, that experience of the pace of grace might be found in the shower as you remember you are claimed by Christ in baptism. It might be found in a classroom where you remember to saunter as you walk with the saints. Or it might be found and you might glimpse God's goodness in a moment of grace at the stake and shake. May it be so. Amen. Amen.